Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Galaxy's Greatest Podcast about the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus Deep Space Nine. But today we're talking about neither Babylon 5 nor DS9. Instead, we're talking about the season two finale of Star Trek Lower Decks, First First Contact. I'm Bob from Cascadia. That's Matt from the Southland. How you doing tonight, Matt? Really excited. I survived 10 episodes of this cartoon. Yeah, you, you sad you don't have any more cartoon to watch, Matt? I got Star Trek Prodigy coming up soon. Oh, and Young Justice. Maybe we'll make you watch both. You'll suffer. Oh, how you'll suffer. You know how many episodes there are of Young Justice this season, Matt? I'm sure it's 20-something. 20 motherfucking six, man. Wow. That's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of bonus content that we feed the listeners for free because we love them so much. All right, so hit us with this A-plot, Bob, in First First Contact. So the A-plot of First First Contact is that uh, Captain Freeman is informed by her admiral husband and her old friend Captain Sonia Gomez. You may remember her from spilling hot chocolate on Captain Picard in the first appearance of the Borg. But anyway, Captain Freeman is informed by her admiral husband and her old friend Captain Sonia Gomez that she's about to receive a promotion to a bigger ship, which uh, her daughter Mariner overhears while hiding her stash of Romulan ale. And then in the B-plot, you've got Tindy thinks Dr. Tiana is going to boot her off the ship. So she and Rutherford revisit their favorite places while Rutherford struggles with a persistent memory error message. Indeed, indeed. So who was your favorite episode, or your favorite character of this episode, Matt? I'm going to go with Matt the Dolphin, because he's got my name. Wrong. And we finally got to see uh, Cetacean Cetacean Ops. Not a dolphin. Oh, it's not a dolphin? What is he? They're both beluga whales. Damn it! <laughs> Rewind. No, no, know. no. Leave it in. Leave no, it in. Matt, Matt, the, Matt the beluga whale. I didn't pay that close of attention. It looked like a dolphin. I thought they were both dolphins too, but Memory Alpha, when I was looking up the spelling of Kimalu's name, confirmed that they are in fact beluga whales. Oh, okay. Well, you learn something every day. It wasn't, it wasn't a dolphin, it was a whale. Hopefully you don't learn it from your friend who's weaponizing it to make you feel inferior, like is the case here. But, you know, you do learn something every day. Who's your favorite character, Bob? Oh, Kimalu. First of all, because I'm not a narcissist and I don't need uh, my favorite character to share my name. But second of all, because uh, Kimalu seemed to be the hornier one uh, who really, really wants um, them to strip down and skinny dip with him. And he also shares Mariner's disdain for Captain Freeman Day, which was really, really funny. I was going to be an awesome banner. It's for calves, Matt. It's for calves. Yeah. Going back for a second, though, other characters in this episode, we've got Sonia Gomez. First time we've seen her in 30 odd years, something like that. Yeah, I think she only appeared in two episodes in season two of Next Gen, if my memory is right. Although she is a regular feature in the Starfleet Corps of Engineers books, where I think she starts as the first officer, but eventually rises to be the captain of a Starfleet Corps of Engineers ship called the Da Vinci. Well, she's the original Lower Deck character. You know what I'm saying? Indeed, a Lower Decker made good. Lower Decker. She made captain. Just took 30 years. <laughs> I, I Considerably less time in universe, though. True. She probably looks way older in person, too, than they made her on the cartoon, wouldn't you think? Ooh, I, I don't like to speculate about that. Like it's dangerous. <laughs> Let's go Google and find out. <laughs> Ah, man, this is the scintillating live on-air research we bring you on Babylon 5 versus DS9. Just kidding, we won't do that. So what was your favorite joke, Bob? Because it was my favorite joke as well. 
<laughs> well, that's the power of being the one who does the outline, Matt. So it definitely was after Dr. Tayana informs Tendi that she's not going to boot her off the ship, but she's going to instead recommend her for a training program to become a chief science officer on the bridge. Tendi, in excitement, yells, I can be on the bridge like Shadzia Dax. And Dr. Tayana, confused, says, no, who the fuck is that? And she's like, like Spock. <laughs> you know, everybody knows Spock. Not everybody knows Jedzia Dex. Nobody so, knows Jedzia yeah. Dex. Sad. sad. I, guess, I guess in Universe 2, most people probably wouldn't know who Spock is, I'm going to assume. He's probably like a pretty important historical character. He's a famous ambassador and, you know, legendary. The, the Kirk Spock crew is supposed to be somewhat legendary. If, if people knew a Dax, they would, I, I would think they would probably know Curzon Dax for being a famous ambassador more than they would know Jedzia. Right. So it even makes the, the joke even made sense in universe. It's always great when continuity and humor can align. Uh, well, my favorite line was at the end of the show. Wilmer says, I guess when you almost drown in well pee, it makes you not sweat the small stuff anymore. You know, I mean, it's kind of interesting that in your favorite line, he didn't describe it as dolphin pee, Matt. Yeah, I don't son of a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Dolphins, whales, are they like two completely different? Like, like one's a mammal, one's a fish, too. Like now, I just feel. Oh no, they are. Oh, like, no. like we completely like. Yeah. Oh no, no, they're both mammals, bro. What? They're both mammals. I swear to God. Okay. Swear to me. <laughs> anyway, what was okay, your favorite Christian line? Bale. What was your favorite line, Bob? Uh, my favorite line was uh, Captain Freeman yelling at her daughter off my yacht. Off my yacht. Which she said several times in, uh, in various states of anger. It was great. Yeah, we actually, this is the first time we see the uh, captain's yacht. Although I think they did reference it before, right? Yeah, we, this is the first time we see the, the Cerritos, on the Cerritos, the captain's yacht itself. Did we see the captain's yacht in, like, Insurrection? Yes, it was an insurrection. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the, I think, yeah, they, they've referenced it on the Cerritos once or twice, but yeah, we've never seen it before. And apparently you, you, you can actually see, like, the outline of the uh, captain's yacht on Voyager as well, if I remember correctly. Oh, like, really? Because I don't think... the bottom of it. Oh, because I don't think they ever use it. No, they don't. It's just, you could, but you could see yeah. where it, like, would come out and... Which is strange, given that Voyager did have such like an issue with like losing shuttlecrafts. Although I think they kind of gave up that as an issue later in the show. They have replicators that just keep building more, Bob. Yes, yes, and they build the Delta Flyer, of course. They go down these planets, they trade for things, they get the parts they need, and then they build shuttles that look just like the other ones. <laughs> it does seem a little <laughs> silly that ships as small as the Cerritos and Voyager would have a captain's yachts. But I, I'm definitely more about humor than about plausibility. So I, I really enjoy the fact that the Cerritos has a captain's yacht and that Captain Freeman can be so possessive of it. Well, my favorite old Trek reference this week was uh, Captain Freeman Day, because, you know, that is a reference to Captain Picard Day. Boiler Whoa. even goes to the trouble of creating a banner for it. But I do like the point that it's a vanity holiday to trick kids into respecting authority. Yeah, that's an all-time great Mariner line. Um, that that was great. I think Rutherford and uh, and Kimolo also dug in on Captain Freeman Day. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think my favorite um, 
old Trek reference was how Boimler almost drowning was a little bit of an inversion of Spock's death in Wrath of Khan. You know, he's in the suit. He's trying to push a button. He's in a hostile environment. Just, you know, Boimler's in a bunch of water and whale pee, apparently, while uh, Spock is in a, you know, a kind of irradiated part of the engineering room. It was really funny when the two whales, like, take him down to the little area he has to swim in. It's like, this is just pure cheese. <laughs> oh, it, it, was, it was really great. That was really great. We got a few other references, too. We've, we've covered some of them, but you, we got the Romulan L, obviously, Captain Gomez, obviously, and then the ending cliffhanger, I think, was a homage to a couple of different Enterprise episodes, so I sort of appreciated that. One thing I had a question about, though, with Rutherford, he has all those issues with, like, the pop-ups on his computer saying he's running out of memory or whatever. So he wipes his memories, and then... Well, he, he wipes his redundant memories. Redundant memories, yeah. He wipes his redundant memories, but then when they come back on, he still knows who Tendi is. Do you think that's going to play out in the next season, like, he forgets things, or he's forgotten things, or... So, remember, he said he, like, the pro reason he was having memory storage was he was, like, triple backing up all of his memories with Tendi because he was paranoid about getting losing his memory again. Yeah. And so he's not like deleting his normal memory. He's just deleting his triple redundant backups. Oh, his backups, okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. th there was no real payoff at the end of that though. Like he just well, did I think it it's... and it was good. It was and everything was fine. I felt like they were going to do something else with it. I think in season 3 we might see him continue to have some issues with memory or, or and or we might see like follow up on these kind of two mysterious figures but I, I don't think it necessarily needed to do anything in this finale yeah yeah what was the deal with the two mysterious figures it was it was weird i didn't know if that was just a one-off joke or if that was like legit something they may be going i bet together. it's bureau 13 matt probably is it looks that way it would be kind of funny if they never followed up on it if it was just this like super ominous like random thing inserted like at, you know the end of season two and hopefully lower decks goes seven seasons like you know like any star trek show should yeah i i thought it was a reference to something like some past trek thing that's why i was curious I didn't know oh I it. um i it could be and i missed it but i just took it to be a general kind of reference to that genre trope of like cyborgs or androids, you know, having a recovered memory of somebody being sinister and programming them. It reminded me of like the scenes at the beginning of RoboCop when he's like first. Yeah, yeah. very much so. This character of Jen, she's the Andorian, correct? Yes, yes. I'm uh, I'm hopeful that she and Mariner are going to hook up. Might happen. It, se it seems like it would make sense. Uh, you know, Mariner is uh, is really hostile till she isn't. And uh, also it would prevent Mariner from uh, hooking up with Boimler, which is my greatest fear of the show. Uh, that's probably going to happen. Oh, God, that would be so bad. But Mariner and Jen, they're going to push boundaries, Bob. Lower Decks is pushing the boundaries. I'm here for it, Matt. So did you have a favorite episode for this season, Matt? Yeah, I liked Ixcretus. That's the one with all the holodeck training simulations, yeah, right? Yeah, where, where they do all the different yeah. simulations and... Was it just because of all the kind of like gold mine of Easter eggs or what, what was it? Yeah. That stand out pr to you? Pr primarily. Yeah. All the Easter eggs and the whole thing with like Boimler having to go through the Borg thing over and over again. Oh yeah. The yeah, Borg yeah, babies. And that is totally the best gag they've ever done with Boimler. Yeah. And it was just, it was neat because you could really like pick out which episodes each hollow recreation was from, you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to choose. Um, I was torn between going with the earlier Mugato Hunt episode 
or going with uh, last week's episode, the Vulcan and Klingon Lower Deck episode. Probably I would take the Vulcan and Klingon Lower Deck episode, but man, I really did love the Mugato hunt. I've had trouble deciding between Ix Grutus and the Mugatu hunt episode. I like both of those, especially the Ferengi and the Mugatu hunt episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. And they like convinced them to more sustainably <laughs> exploit the Mugato as tourist right. attractions rather than prey. That was so funny. Yeah. So what was your least favorite? Uh, embarrassment of Duplers. I, I just didn't... The whole chase scene was fun, but I mean, it was just kind of... It was very forgettable. There were a couple... And then the whole ending part where they... You know, with the bar and they've written Kirk and Spock in it. And it's supposed to be like this heartwarming moment. I just didn't care for it. Yeah, I, I would say like that there were no bad episodes this season at all. Somebody was joking in Star Trek shitposting that Lower Decks can't be real Trek because its first two seasons are great. But I would say that if I had to pick one, it would probably be Embarrassment of Duplers. Although I did like the chase scene and the ending scene where they kind of have the friendly crew reunion in the bar was a little cheesy, but it, it did kind of build up to the kind of greater feeling of the Cerritos as like a kind of community that they've been pushing in season two. Whereas I think in season one, they were much more actively like pushing a kind of like alienation and division between the lower and upper decks. Yeah. I, uh, I, I remember when, they, when we originally reviewed it, I really felt like that was a season finale in and of itself. Like that's what they were going for, which is kind of what they did here with this episode. But they just really cleverly subverted. Exactly, yeah, at the end, yeah. So what did you think of that ending? Oh, I thought it was good. Like I said, it reminded me of a couple of Enterprise episodes. And I also just really like, I, I like getting back to cliffhangers, right? Like, one of the kind of weird things about Picard and Disco is that they, like, are so invested in serialized storytelling. But then they, for the most part, tend to wrap it up at the end of the season. I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. Like, I mean, I, again, Picard and Disco are fine. I don't like to be somebody who just hates on new Star Trek, but I think the type of Star Trek I like best is definitely like episodic storytelling and then a cliffhanger at the end of the season. I'm glad they had a cliffhanger because it just gives us something to look forward to in season three with uh, whether or not uh, Captain Freeman is going to end up on court martialed or something. I'm also excited too because there's a lot of really good like Trek references they can make to like other similar <laughs> positions like the Kirk. Oh yeah, like and, who are the lawyers yeah, going to be? <laughs> yeah, there's so many things they can do. Oh man, do you think Janeway could be the uh, the the judge? That would be funny. Yeah, uh, that could definitely happen. I mean, I hope an admiral yells at Captain uh, Freeman and says the sheer fucking hubris. The best part in Star Trek Picard, I think. So how did you think the season two finale uh, measured up to the season one finale, since we're sort of already on that subject? Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was better, honestly. I liked it uh, more so. If I'm trying to remember correctly, season one finale just kind of wrapped everything up, right? Yeah, embarrassingly, I, I, as I was asking this question, I realized I didn't remember what the lower deck season one and, finale was. And, and embarrassingly, I, I don't, I don't have a clue what the season finale was. So we don't, we're both talking about nothing. <laughs> On the bright side, we we both now have clones who can yeah. uh, look up this information and save us from our embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I, I don't remember, but I'm sure it, it, it wasn't memorable enough. I remember. I'll probably remember this though, going into season three. Yeah. So who is the your favorite or the best developed or the most interesting character to your mind? Uh, I think Billups. Man, just you, you just reveal a man uh, is a virgin and likes to make dragon's blood references and match just all there for him. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I thought it was neat. We learned all about his uh, his past and 
how he was to be the prince and fantastic backstory. Good job on that. That scene where he was about to have a, a three-way was really great. Yeah, it was hilarious. I would definitely say my favorite uh, has been Shaxx. He's just been on fire with the gags this season, whether like the resurrection gags or I'm going to be I'm going to be quoting uh, put it in the clay Papa Bear for a long time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, he brings humor to the Bajoran people. Thank you, Shaxx. I mean, this is maybe a problematic thing, but my boy Alan and I like to joke that there uh, has never been a good male Bajoran character before Shax. Like, there are a lot of great female Bajoran characters. Like, Kai Wen's a great character. Major Kira is a great character. Ensign Rose is a great character. Uh, Ensign Sixa from the original Lower Decks is a great character. But never a good male Bajoran character until Shax. I could probably agree with that, because I can't think of anyone that... Oh, yeah, no, all of the ones on DS9 are awful. Yeah, they all have that same, they all look the same. Yeah, yeah, they're just very, like, like Kira's boyfriend, Vatic Barile, it's just so forgettable. I guess, um, what's his face, the great actor who played Skeletor? I'm really embarrassed, I can't think of his name. He's Gabrielle on The Americans. Frank Langella. Frank Langella plays a male Bajoran, but it was just, it just felt like a wasted opportunity. The, the, that was in the season two premiere of DS9, and they just didn't go anywhere with it. I'll tell you my least favorite character was the cat, Dr. Bob. I, how would you just like come on to this podcast with me and just attack me like this and insult me like this? And just, I, I mean, why, just, why would you do, why would you do this? I'm just saying the cat doctor, it just does not, their species doesn't fit. I get it's from the animated series. Oh my God. Now you're going to attack Cations as a species. Yes. The Cations and the, and the other ones, the ones that look like they're in Star Trek four. Cations are in the Star Trek Four. Yes, they're they're in Star Trek Four. There's a Cation at the uh, communications board in Starfleet Command, and and the only good joke in the JJ Star Trek trilogy is that we uh, we come in on Chris Pine playing Kirk, and he's had a threesome with a Cation, and so we know that canonically, uh, you know, reboot James Kirk as a furry. That's the only good thing about the JJ movies. Yeah, the Cation that I'm looking at from Star Trek Four looks like they repurposed uh, the Beauty and the Beast mask. From, oh my God! Uh, this is that? just the well, the assaults <laughs> never end. The mask was repurposed. It actually, it's like Chewbacca. Right, the insults—they just—they're constant with you. Yeah. Just never, never ceasing, never ceasing. Cations are great. I'm really, really glad we have an ongoing Cation character in Star Trek. Finally, after like you know 50 years or whatever. You can actually make Cation characters on Star Trek Online, I think, too, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, they're one of the oldest species in the Federation. All right. So I guess for my least favorite, after this awful, awful assault, the stab in the back that you've launched against me, uh, I'll just say it's Boimler. Boimler's the worst. I hate him. But he's like the main character. Yeah, I still hate him. Bob, so hate is... hating on Boimler. I don't, understand your, I, don't, I don't understand your disdain for Boimler. I mean, I'm not taking it personally. I just don't understand uh, it. <laughs> he's a, a tryhard. He's a snitch. He's a brown noser. I guess those are I guess those are qualities for someone that you wouldn't like. I guess. Yes, Matt. I do not like tryhards, snitches, and noisers. <laughs> so, is there anything uh, you want to see or want to see done differently in season three that comes to mind? I would like to see a couple more guest spots from people. I really like it when like uh, they get stars from the previous you know, shows. Bring them yeah, in it's kind of a dangerous work. game because you don't want it to just turn into who's the guest star of the episode. Right, but I, but I like, like how they've yeah. done it here. Like it's kind of sporadic. Like you don't know, 
like you don't know anything like who's going to come in or whatever or who's going to appear but it's just all those nods they do to those people are just awesome i think that they could uh they should bring in some ds9 people yeah i i would definitely like more ds9 references i think i enterprise 2 although that might be harder yeah i i do wonder because i was i was saying earlier that you know i hope this show goes seven seasons like star trek should although that said i do sort of wonder is the formula going to kind of wear thin of like deep cut star trek references and i mean so far it definitely hasn't uh, i i don't know if it could actually sustain seven seasons of that but so far like it, it, it's i really like i really like the formula we get so far and i mean family guy went on for how many seasons Oof, oof, don't, don't even, don't even bring that up. Oof. Damn, that's that's almost worse than your your uh, cation. Uh, You're just gonna casually bring Family Guy up. My God, yeah. man. Let me tell you the other thing I'd like to see too. I wouldn't sure. mind them making a couple of references or even like doing some alternate dimension thing where they go to uh, the Kelvin verse, Kelvin universe, just for just oh, to like just God. to be hilarious. Oh. I think it'd be funny. I think I think some of the stuff they could do would be hilarious. Like I think you're just saying these things to hurt me. No, I'm really not. I really do think they could do something with that. I think it would be fun. I, I would like to see them do some gags with the mirror universe. Although I wonder with like the Giorgio spinoff in the works, if that'll kind of be like corporately off limits. Probably will be. Yeah. Although it sounds like they're, they kind of want to keep Giorgio like in the prime universe. So maybe, maybe that wouldn't be such an issue. I can't believe you went there with the Kelvin verse. Well, I mean, I think it'd be kind of neat. I mean, it'd be really cool too if they got like some of the actors from the uh, from that. Yeah, you, just, just you're to... right that it would be funny potentially, but it's just yeah. I hate the Kelvin verse so much, man. <laughs> I hate it so much. Well, when it comes to ranking the seasons, I have to say I think season two is probably better than season one. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't think that's just recency bias speaking. Well, see, that, that's the thing that I, I was just about to say that I feel like though too with this season I've actually had to like pay very close attention to everything and I've looked up the references and all that. So there's a lot more I have a lot more invested in it. So I don't know if that's playing into it as so much. I kind of want to go back and watch season one again just to you know. I actually did rewatch it with my occasional roommate this year, although it didn't it didn't stick very well in my mind, but I did rewatch it with my occasional roommate this year. And I think season two is better, although, and I definitely think that, I, I think most of the episodes in season one were good, but I think you had one or two misses in season one, if I remember right. Whereas even, I don't think you really had any misses this season, even though like embarrassment of Dopplers or Duplers was our pick for a kind of fall off episode. Yeah, but that, I mean, that episode wasn't bad. It just, no, by no means. By comparison, it was one of the weaker episodes. All right, so looking forward to season three, I guess. We'll, we'll hopefully they'll make it there. Uh, yeah, so everybody has experienced the Babylon 5 versus DS9 coverage of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm sure we've deeply, deeply enriched uh, your experience with uh, Matt whining about cartoons and me whining about Matt whining about cartoons. It's just been really meta whining all the way down, and that makes for great internet radio, or so I'm told. So we'll be back uh, with some bonus episodes probably a few about prodigy probably a few about uh, young justice uh, everybody stay tuned this has been the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90s space station shows babylon 5 versus ds9 i'm bob from cascadia that's matt from the southland have a good night everybody hey whiny is the new woke <laughs>